You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. I wanted to just kind of share communion together with you guys. Um, if you read much about uh, communion in the New Testament, they um, they celebrated uh, together often. Um, some people think daily. Some people think at least weekly on Sundays or the first day of the week when they met. They often did it with a dinner. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes is... Uh, uh, the way they, uh, some of them, at least in Corinth, they were abusing that, and there were some issues there, but um, we're not going to abuse it. We're just going to enjoy dinner together. And uh, but uh, it's, it's a time, actually the word Eucharist, uh, um, uh, the Greek, uh, the root word of that is the whole idea of being thankful, of thankfulness. And um, to me, Thanksgiving is just a, it's always been one of my favorite holidays. I love Thanksgiving. It's just a time to eat together and hang out with family and friends and you don't have all the stuff sometimes that goes along with Christmas and <laughs> it's just a time to hang out so um, I, I bless you guys and love you guys um, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians I'm going to read first this passage out of the Amplified it's 1 Corinthians 10 16 then I want to read it out of the New Living Translation it says this the cup of blessing of wine at the Lord's Supper, upon which we ask God's blessing, does it not mean that in drinking it, we participate in and share a fellowship, a communion, and the blood of Christ, the Messiah, the bread which we break, does it not mean that in eating it, we participate in and share a fellowship, a communion, in the body of Christ? The New Living Translation says this, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, Aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? I've shared with you guys in the past when we've talked about communion and the tradition that, um, that I was raised up, communion was just something we kind of did, um, you know, sometimes once a month, once a quarter. Um, it never really meant a lot to me. It just kind of seemed like one of those little ritualistic things we did and um, I didn't. I guess I really didn't understand it, and that was. I mean, not just as a kid. I mean, as an adult growing up in the circles that I uh, was in as a Christian, it just communion just really didn't. It was just something you did, you know, because you were supposed to do it. Um, and one of the things that uh, that I really remember most about it, and I've shared this with you guys, is that it, it, there was this always, almost like this fear that was kind of spoken, uh, that if you took communion unworthily, um, you know, what that meant, and I'm going to get into that in a few minutes, but um, for me, again, it was just more of a, just, it didn't mean much, and and I remember reading, um, there's a book out called Fox's Book of Martyrs, I don't know if you've ever read that, I encourage you to get it if you have, um, but one of the things that, as I was reading uh, one of the things that, that these guys did uh, when just before they were getting ready to lose their life for Christ, many of them were kind of asked, hey, you know, what's the last thing you would you like to, I guess even now on death row, they give them a dinner or something. But many of these guys were asked, what, what would you want to do as the last thing? And many of them said they wanted to take communion. And when I, was re when I read that, I can remember thinking, you know, if I was getting ready to lose my life, 
you know, they're getting ready to chop my head off or burn me at the stake or whatever. Really, the last thing in my mind would have been taking communion, you know, just because it just really didn't have much meaning to me. And then, you know, I'd have probably opted for the stake, you know, give me, give me something good to eat here. But and as I read that, I thought, you know, there's gotta, there's gotta be more to this thing that we call communion um, than what I understood. There had to be more to it. It had to mean more than just drinking some grape juice and having a cracker, you know, and I know in some circles, you know, in, in Catholicism, that their belief is that actually becomes the body of Christ. The bread becomes the body. The cup actually becomes, literally, becomes the blood of Christ. And, and I, don't, I don't know that I agree with that, but I, I think there means, there's a whole lot more than what we understand it to mean. And I, and as that verse I just read, in, in Corinthians, Paul talks about how when we do this and we, and we bless us, that we're... We're taking, and the word literally, the word's koinonia. Many of y'all, if you've been around Christian circles, have heard that word many times. It's a Greek word and has the idea of fellowship. But as we bless the cup and the bread together, it's like there's this participation that happens. And, and again, I don't, I don't know that I really have words to explain it, but there's, this, there's something that happens when we, when we take this cup and we take this bread and we bless it. There's, there's something that happens in the spirit where we where we have a, a we enter into a, a partnership or we enter into a a fellowship a communion uh, with Christ and and so there's in my mind again there is literally something that happens when we take communion together and again I don't I don't know that I can explain it all but I think much of it and I think the key to all of it is faith and it's as we take the cup and as we as we drink it and we take the bread and we eat it and we apply faith to that we begin to understand and we can begin to appreciate and begin to experience what happens when we have communion together does that make sense um you know it, it's it's kind of it's it's the idea of 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 it brings an event that happened 2,000 years ago uh, when Jesus shed his blood for us and when he had his body was broken for us. There, it, it brings that, uh, in a way, it brings that into the now, okay? So when we take communion together, and, and what I think Paul's saying here in, in Corinthians is that this, this, can, this can become something of, of what, what does that mean now? What is, it's, it's, it's good, I think, it's good to recognize and it's good to, to preach and it's good to talk about something that happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus died and shed his blood. But what does that mean now? I mean, what, when I do that with you guys in fellowship, what does that mean now? Okay, what, what happens now when I do that? And some of that's what I want us to look at. When we think of the body of Christ being broken for us, and, and what does that mean? But Peter made this statement, and he's quoting Isaiah. He says, he himself, Jesus, bore our sins and his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. Then he says this, by his wounds you have been healed. In 1 Corinthians, Paul goes on to say this, and he's talking about, and I want to hit this just a little bit this morning, and then we're going to have communion together. 
Paul says this, he's talking to church at Corinth, and, and if you've read this, you, you understand Corinth was abusing some things, they were doing some things wrong, and the whole letter of Corinthians really is Paul correcting some of the stuff they were doing. He's talking to them about the Lord's Supper at this point, and communion, and eating together, and the things they were doing. He says this in 1 Corinthians 11, 27, he says, So then, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Okay, again, just in reading that, that, that has to mean that, that, that there's something in this cup and there's something in this bread that I, if I do it in an unworthy manner, whatever that means, and we're going to talk about it, I was always told if you got sin in your life and you take communion, that's what you're doing and unworthy. That's not what he's saying. Okay. That's what I was taught. So we always had to spend a few minutes just before we took communion being sure we were fessed up, you know, all our sins were taken care of. And if you're not careful, to me, it, it just kind of, it, it just, it made fear be part of it. It was like, oh, you God, man, you know, you know, how did I treat my wife this week? Did I say anything bad? Did I do anything bad? Did, you know, because I, I sure don't want to take this and have sin in my life. I could die. <laughs> I mean, that's a great way to start off communion. Hey, guys, let's have communion together. Be sure you're right, because you could die right here if you do this wrong. That's not what it's saying. But that's the way it was taught to me. Everyone ought to examine yourself. Yes, you examine yourself. You look before they eat and drink of the bread, but you're examining to see if you're doing this in a worthy manner, whatever that means we're going to look at. For those who eat, and my, here's my point on this verse, those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, the body of Christ, without discerning, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many are among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have actually fallen asleep. That means died. They died by taking communion without discerning the Lord's body and doing it unworthily. That sounds pretty serious to me. <laughs> and, and one of my points is this. If if taking communion in an unworthy manner can cause somebody to get sick and die, is it, is it okay to believe that taking it in a worthy manner could have just the opposite effect? Let's try that again. If doing it in an unworthy manner, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to, we're going to get into what that is. If doing it in an unworthy manner can cause somebody to get sick, I mean, that's pretty serious. Just, you know, it's more than grape juice and a cracker. <laughs> you with me? It's, it, if, if, if taking grape juice and a cracker, I guess it could be spoiled or something and, and make you sick, but you're with me. If taking it in an unworthy manner can cause me to get sick or maybe even die, can taking it in a worthy manner bring health and bring healing and bring just the opposite life? Yeah. Yes. That's a good answer. Man, I'm glad you all caught on so quick. <laughs> you see, again, what was taught to me being unworthy meant you're doing this because you have sin in your life. I've actually seen people, and this is just in recent years, I've seen people, when you pass a communion cup, would pass on taking communion. You know why? Because they had, they had sin in their life, and they were afraid to take it with sin in their life. And we just got through reading about the death of Jesus and how his death, he took on our he took on our sin so we could become the righteousness of Christ. How do you take this in the worthy manner? You're worthy because of what Jesus has done in you. 
You with me? It, it, I can't take, I can't live good enough this week to take the cup and the bread in a worthy manner. I can't, I can't do enough good stuff. I can't do it. I cannot stop doing enough bad stuff to take it in a worthy manner. The way I take it in a worthy manner is I understand and I have received by faith and I've given my life to Jesus and now he has taken my sin. How much of my sin? Every bit of it. The past, the present, and the future. He took all of my sin. It was nailed to the cross with him. So he took my sin on himself so I could become the righteousness of Christ. So now I am righteous. You can call, start, you could just start calling me Saint Bob. <laughs> I'm serious. We're all saints. We're all righteous according to what Jesus has done for us. It's the righteousness of Christ. That's how I can take the cup and the bread when we have communion. I can take it wordly because I understand and I've received. It's not based on me, it's based on Him. And because it's based on him, and here's the key, okay, listen to me. Here's what the Corinthians weren't doing. They were taking it, not thinking about that. They were coming to the table, many of them gorging on food, many of them drunk. They were taking the Lord's Supper without understanding what they were doing. They were doing it in, in, a, in, a, in a sense, in just a frivolous manner, without honoring Christ, without honoring what he had done to them. And they were just they were just kind of gorging and drinking and, and, and partying and taking the Lord's Supper, and they were getting sick and dying because of it. So I, what do I do? When I take the Lord's Supper, I don't have to sit there and go through this checklist. Okay, did I do this? Did I do this? Did I not do this? Did I quit doing this? How did I respond? That's, I don't have to go through that checklist. What I got to do is, God, I'm, my eyes are on you, and I'm taking this because I am honoring who you are. I'm, my trust is in you, Lord. I'm, I respect you. I honor you. I give my life to you. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want, I want more. And as we take that cup together, and we, we can receive life, and we can receive health according to what the Scripture says. Man, that's so good. Thank you, Bob, for sharing that. <laughs> St. Bob, amen. See, y'all are catching on. I knew y'all could get this. <laughs> you see, it, it's when we take communion together and we understand that Jesus' body was broken for me. I can take that, that cracker <laughs> that we use. It's not about what kind of bread it is or what kind of cracker it is. I, it's what it represents, okay? So by faith, when I take that little cracker that we pass out here in a few minutes, and I receive that by faith, and I receive it trusting in Jesus, and I receive it honoring him and, and, and respecting him and loving him, and I receive that, I can receive what his body being broken for me did for me. I can receive it now, today, in a fresh way. Okay, so what did his body being broken for me do? Number one, it gives us life, and it gives us healing. Isn't what we just read that Peter was saying? By his stripes, we might get healed. But, okay, all you English graduates, were as a what? Past tense. 
by his stripes we were healed, which means by his stripes we are still healed. So when I receive this, when I receive that bread, and we do this weekly, guys. You know why we do it weekly? Not because it's just some ritual. It's because what we get from it. Why the heck would you not? It ought to make you want to do it every day. When we begin to understand the life and the health and what we receive from that, when we receive it and we do it in the way God wants us to do it, we can get life from taking communion. We can get health from taking communion. We receive it by faith and receive what he's done. What did his blood being shed for us do? It took care of our what? Number one, it took care of our sin. Number two, he's resurrected in life. He died and he rose again. His resurrection gave us life. In fact, as Ephesians, we used to study a while back that eventually we're going to get back to because we only got through three chapters. Maybe that'll be in year 2030. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. One of these days, we're going to go back. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to, when we do start back in Ephesians, I'm going to have to start all over again, though, right? <laughs> Huh? I mean, we can't just jump right into chapter 4. We're going to have to go through the first three chapters again because I know every one of y'all have memorized it by heart and are just walking in it daily. So you might need a little short memory. Anyway, I got, where did I go? How did I go down that path? How do I do this by faith? By faith, I take that, that bread or that cracker and I just, I just by faith, I use, I use that thing as an object of my faith. Okay? Now, what does that mean? All through Scripture, you'll see there were things, there were literally things, objects that, were, that people attached faith to, and something happened, and many of them were healed. How about, how about um, Paul's handkerchief? Y'all remember reading that in the New Testament? How about over here? Y'all remember reading that in the New Testament? Y'all do read the Bible on this side, right? <laughs> Their hank, his handkerchief. Now, was there anything holy? Or probably not. Hopefully, it wasn't a used handkerchief. <laughs> was there anything spiritual about the handkerchief? No. What did they do? It was basically it became like an object of faith when his handkerchief was passed around. When he wasn't there, people could trust and believe, and they put faith that they were going to get healed, and they did. How about Peter's shadow? How about this one? The hem of Jesus' garment. <laughs> is there anything spiritual about the hem of Jesus' garment? <laughs> well, there is in the sense that of what their, their faith was and they, they trusted it. Jesus, they, the, remember the woman with the issue of blood? She said, if I could just touch him. And there's another passage in there that says that many people were healed just by touching his garment. How about... How about, a, remember Elijah, I think I always get these messed up. It was Elisha who was dead, right? There it is up there. Remember Elisha, he was dead and buried, and it was, it was one, of the, one of the guys that died, and they threw him in on top of his buried bones, and what happened? The dude came back to life. <laughs> That's pretty significant. How about the serpent of brass? In the Old Testament, they held up everybody that did what with that serpent of brass? Everybody that looked at it got what? Healed. The River Jordan, Hills Naaman. I already talked about the hem of his garment. Have we covered everything else? 
Elijah used his mantle to, to separate the waters. Again, it's an, it's an object of faith. Sometimes when we pray for people, we've been taught this and learned this, when we pray for people, maybe they've got a, something going on with the leg. One of the things we do after we pray for them, we encourage them to walk. Try it. Just step it out. Do it. In a sense, that becomes like an object of faith. I believe when we take this, this, this bread and we receive it in faith, we can receive healing in our bodies. When we take the cup, and again, it's in a fresh and a new way. That's what brings it to life today. Okay? When I take that cup and I receive it and I drink it and, and in a fresh way, and I don't even totally understand this because I know all my sins are forgiven and washed away and taken care of and separated as far as the east is from the west. But there's somehow when I take that cup and I drink that blood in a fresh way by faith, I, I receive cleansing. I receive just a, a just I don't even know how to describe it. Just a, a fresh awareness of what the blood of Jesus does for me. We need to be aware. We need to be reminded of these things. That's one of the reasons we do that. It's a reminder of what Christ has done for us. Because I think I remember somewhere Jesus saying, remember me when you're doing this. <laughs> I hope you understand this whole idea of, of doing it in a worthy manner. I'm going to read this quote, and then we're going to, take, we're going to pass. In fact, this, guys, go ahead and pass it out right now while I'm reading this quote. I love this quote. <clears throat> it says this. In fact, as I've quoted this probably often enough now, I can take credit for it. You know that old saying when you quote somebody, you quote them once, give them credit, quote them a second time. You say somebody said this, and the third time you just take credit yourself. I love this statement. Look what it says. Y'all try and listen while we're passing the stuff out. I don't believe our greatest shortcoming is not feeling bad enough about what we've done wrong. Let me try that again. How many times, how many times have you felt like somebody was preaching at you to make you feel bad about something you did? Huh? I don't believe our greatest shortcoming is not feeling bad enough about what we've done wrong. I think our greatest shortcoming is not feeling good enough about what God has done right. I love that. I think our greatest shortcoming is not, is not getting into and understanding that what God has done, what he's done right. And I love this. When we under-celebrate, we fall short of the glory of God. See, that's what, that's, what, that's what all this, to me, Thanksgiving is about celebrating what God has done of being thankful of, of what he's done in our lives and who he is and what he continues to do in our lives. So we celebrate who he is. Amen? Amen. I just want to encourage you. We're going to take the Lord's Supper together. I want to encourage you as you do this. Don't. There's one, fear is not the right word. There's one concern I have of doing something every week as it can become ritual. You with me? What I want to be certain we never do. Okay, listen to this. I want to be certain that we never take the Lord's Supper in a ritualistic manner. We never do it just 
not really thinking about what we're doing. And we never do it just, ah, it's what I'm supposed to do. That's what, if you're not careful, that can be doing it unworthily. It's doing it just as something you do. It's doing it just as some frivolous event. It really doesn't mean, that if you're not careful, in my opinion, can be what it means to do it unworthily. Do it with your heart and your mind and your attitude and do it in faith and trusting and believing what Jesus' body and his blood has done for us. Apostle Paul says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this, do what we're doing, in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you that you loved us so much. That your word says that while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us to give us life. Your word says that you loved us so much that you sent your only son to come and give his life for us. So, Dad, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for life. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for opening our eyes to see truth, for opening our hearts to receive truth, Lord. And Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken for us, Lord. Thank you that your word says that by your stripes we have been healed. And that was a fulfillment itself of prophecy. And so, Dad, we just receive in our bodies. I just encourage you right now, if there's something going on in your body, you just by faith, just receive healing in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive healing. We receive health. We receive wholeness in our bodies in Jesus' name, Lord. And thank you for shedding your blood for us. Thank you for taking care of the sin problem in our lives. Lord, thank you for not only cleansing us and forgiving us, but thank you, Dad, for giving us a whole new nature. Lord, we now have a new heart, a new nature. We now have the righteousness of Christ abiding in and living in us, Lord. So thank you, Jesus, that you let your blood be poured out on our behalf. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Dad. Amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.